Let me take a minute and talk about Molly Spirits. Have you ever walked into a liquor store and when you get in there, you have no idea about all the brands you're looking at? And then to make it even worse, you can't find anybody to give you a recommendation. Well, that's the exact opposite experience you will have at Molly Spirits. They take great pride in always having people available to help you choose the perfect liquor or beer or wine. And no matter what the occasion, they have all of your known favorites, but also a really unique selection of beers, wines, and spirits that may become your new favorite drink. Whether it's an in-house sommelier to help pick out that perfect bottle of rosé or a beer expert to introduce you to a local brewery with a fantastic new IPA, maybe to somebody to show you Colorado whiskeys that will become your new go-to, Molly's takes pride in making sure you leave as a satisfied customer and wanting to come back for more. Check them out at one of their three locations. They're in Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, in DTC in the Arapahoe Marketplace next to Sprouts, and now introducing their new location, which is in Longmont at Ken Pratt and Main Street, located in the Parkway Center. And remember, all of the stores deliver right to your front door. Do yourself a favor. Ditch the impersonal feel of those warehouse-type liquor stores and give Molly's a try. I promise you, you'll love it. A huge selection with the personal feel and touch of a neighborhood business you will love. To learn everything Molly's has to offer and their fantastic staff favorites, just check them out at mollyspirits.com. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, Peyton Manning's potential future as an executive. He's got a really good football mind. I think he would be good in evaluating talent. I think he's sharp from a business standpoint, and so numbers would make sense to him. Training camp's almost here. Quarterback spot with those two guys. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are going to split the reps, but is that a good thing? It's not good for the season in that you're splitting reps in training camp and you have to get one of these guys ready to play. And we can't not talk about this. There seems to be a national sentiment amongst media members that Aaron Rodgers is going to return to the Packers. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Grauman back at it. Podcast number 87. We thank you uh, very much for downloading and listening. Hope you uh, will enjoy it. Well, yeah. I mean... We hope you probably wouldn't be listening if you didn't enjoy it at this point. 87. Good point. point. How are you? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing good. Getting ready. uh, I mean, football season is about here. Football season for high school coaches. I mean, some of the summer work has already started. We're about six weeks into our eight week program. What does your program consist of? Um, Getting guys together and lifting together and then speed and conditioning together and then an hour after those two periods are done, then we install our offense and defense and special teams. And so we're six weeks in. I mean, getting them ready physically mm-hmm. for the season. And then we'll have, starting today, and we tape this on a Monday, we'll have a two-week padded camp that we can put them in pads out of 14 days. We can put them in pads 10 times. Now, pads, you know, we'll put them in a helmet and, and jerseys today, no contact. Same tomorrow, full pads, but no contact on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Then we can have a little bit of contact on Thursday and moving on. Is there any remnants of what we just went through? Is there any separate more separation or any, or is it just over? You know what? Not that I know of. I know that some of the, the numbers have increased. And so to be honest about it, I mean, I take my marching orders from the my ad and uh he's in touch with the cdc and okay i'm sure if they're gonna if they're gonna put restrictions on us 
uh, I'll find out in time. Yeah, but are. as of now, you have to. Okay. You still have to wear in a school setting. I believe for the summer, they reinstituted. You must wear a mask inside, which I don't. I don't quite understand. Even if you're vaccinated, I think so. But again, I, I listen. Stop paying attention. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I really have. It's like, I hey, I know if I have to do something with these kids, mm-hmm. somebody will come out in the field and say, hey, by the way, here's what you have to do. And when they mm-hmm. do that, I'll just, uh, I'll do it. Do you remember when you wore your underwear as a mask? Those, that's one of my favorite memories. Your black underwear was your mask. Yeah, it wasn't really my black <laughs> underwear. It was material that you could have had. Right. That's a little bit of false advertising by so much Ms. Fun. Brownman. Um, I didn't wear my underwear, but it was sort of a flimsy. Yeah, that, those, those were outlawed. Kinda. Outlawed. What were the, your, your yeah, underwear? You, as your no, you have to wear like mask. a what were N95 and yeah, yeah. Those you wore N95 for under your underwear. No, at those the underwear masks were uh, outlawed. Yes. Like that would not suffice to get on a plane. Right. Right. But it was, at least you could get some oxygen. Virgin Airlines, you could go on with those. Well, true. I know. True. Hey, did you see that Peyton Manning last week did a video conference? You were, you were off last week. For the Hall board. of Fame. Yeah. So he talked about, I thought this was really interesting. He says, well, I'm interested in what's going to happen when he was talking about the Broncos quarterback situation. I haven't said no to anything officially forever. I've just said no to things each year, but in the next year, maybe things are going to change. So who knows what will happen in that? I'm always going to be part of the Broncos and Colts. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy ambiguous to me. Yeah, let me, let me. So what did you take from those comments before I comment and tell before you what you I took? Before you crush my hopes and dreams. No, no, no. Um, I took that he, he um, is smart and not going to say no to anything. You didn't know he was smart before? <laughs> I take it that that we reinforce that he's very smart that he he just knows that something could come up something very much could come up okay here here's what and we're is not really we're not doing deal? this we're not doing the podcast in the same room so here's here's what I took you ready yeah. here's what I took from Peyton's comments okay listen closely yes go okay did you get it there's nothing there zero no, I mean, I think that that was about, I mean, Peyton is is great at saying a lot of things, but not saying much. I did his mm-hmm. show for the, for the years he was a starting quarterback with the Broncos, his pregame show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just, he's just not going to tell you what's on his mind. And I, I'm not, I'm not upset with it, mm-hmm. but that's, that's really, for anybody that reads into that story that there may be something on the horizon. I mean, I guess there could be, but I, I, I don't think you could take that from those comments and extrapolate and say, you know what? I think he has an interest in running the Broncos or ha- being a part owner. I think Peyton is smart and will listen to anything that is brought to him. Now, whether or not somebody eventually says, hey, how would you like to be a part owner of the Broncos or any other NFL team? I think that would interest anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see, you know, they just they just hired George Payton as the GM, so I don't I don't see that role being available. Well, what about being a president? President maybe, Trump's GM. maybe. I I don't think Payton would would take a job like that unless he felt that he would have the ability to impact considerably the decisions made by the organization. I mean, if it's just going to be a role. 
and you're the president, but George Payton has the final say, or mm-hmm. whomever the new owner is, if there's a new owner, they have the final say. I, I think Payton would just soon do what he's doing. You know what's really interesting, and he's only 45 years old, is we have all these conversations about Payton, but we really have never had the conversation about, do we, do we really think he'd be excellent at it? His name gets thrown around all the time, but there's a lot of players, ex wonderful players, that don't doesn't translate over into the front office, right? Yeah. So when you really look at Peyton, do you really think he's gonna as gonna be would be as good as everybody thinks he would be? No, nobody nobody could could definitively say before he has the chance. Here's why I think he would have a chance to be very very good because Peyton is a workaholic. Peyton is a grinder. Peyton is a guy that wants to be good at every single thing he does and would research to the nth degree that job and what it entailed and how do I get better, what do I need to know. Um, I've seen guys in the past that were really good football players, but you could tell going in that's probably not going to be their deal. They're just not wired that way. I think Peyton Peyton would have a chance – He's got a really good football mind. I think he would be good in evaluating talent. Uh, I think he's sharp from a business standpoint, and so numbers would make sense to him in terms mm-hmm. of salary cap and, and everything else. I think he'd be good in terms of attracting free agents. I mean, mm, he is, sure. after all, Peyton Manning. Well, that's how John Elway got Peyton Manning is because he's John Elway. I think, I think that helped for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think if that's what he wants to do, he certainly doesn't need money. But if that's what he wants to do and the opportunity were presented to him, yeah, I think he'd sit down and, and think about it. But I get, I get back to the TV thing. It's not it's not money. Payton doesn't need money. It's not money. I mean, ESPN reportedly offered him anywhere between 18 to $20 million a year to broadcast games. He's never – I said back then he wasn't going to do that. That's just not his, his thing. He's – I'm not saying that those who broadcast games are not uh, – you know they don't have in-depth knowledge of football, but I think Peyton views himself as somebody who would want a bigger role than simply broadcasting a game and then getting on a jet and flying home. What great confidence he has, and it's legitimate, yeah, right? Sure, right, absolutely. So training camp gets underway. There's going to be very soon, I believe, nine days from today, which today is Monday the nineteenth. Oh, it's my dad's birthday. I need to call him. Yes. Yes, we celebrated. Surprise! You haven't done that already. Well, we celebrated yesterday. He turns 80. Good for him. I know. Nice. He's doing great. Um, okay, so 13 practices open to the public starting on July 28th. That's something that the you know, Bronco fans weren't able to do last year. So, all right, your advice to Bronco fans, yes, we know. You know, If you're going to set up your little blanket and your little cooler, where are you setting it up? What position do you think Bronco fans should watch? Yes, the quarterback, blah, 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 blah. But if what you had- position of camp? Yeah, like what if you want to concentrate, you know, the groups kind of break out in little um, people break out in little. I mean, groups. do you think Bronco fans and the majority of Bronco fans who go to training camp Just play with me, Dave? Okay. I, yeah, I, I am. Do you think the majority of fans go with a particular position to watch or do you think they go and then their nine year old son says, hey, hey, that's that's so and so. I mean, that, that, I mean, most, you know, they take kids. But to answer your question, to play along yes, sir. or to Thank play you. with you play in this regard, me. I would look at running back. I think that's going to be an interesting battle to see how Melvin Gordon is able to 
sort of hold on to were not his job. Um, the quarterback, you said not quarterback, but that's going to be an interesting battle. I mean, that's the story of the camp, right? You look at what they've done on defense, it looks like they're set. They've added to the back end of the defense, which was awful last year because of injuries and um, and some guys playing that, that simply shouldn't have been in the game. Um, but the quarterback spot with those two guys, I'm anxious to see how the reps are divvied. I mean, every single practice, at the end of practice, somebody's going to be asked about the quarterback reps. And how do you think this guy did? How do you think that guy did? I mean, I'm telling you, in training camp, there's no way to quantify on a daily basis what those two guys will do. Some days... Drew will probably throw the ball a little bit better than Teddy, and some days Teddy will probably throw the ball a little bit better than Drew. So you don't think it's going to be as definitive because we lived this life when we were talking about Trevor and Paxton. I specifically remember that it was just the awful. first question. It, it, awful. it was I As a former player and a guy who's done Bronco games now, this will be my 32nd year, it's just mind-numbing you know i mean a couple times a week or every other day that's fine but they want to talk about every single drill hey and the seven on seven drill uh, uh paxton threw that pick uh on the corner route okay i mean i don't know so what do you expect the coach or the player to say on that play yeah i made a bad throw or i was a little bit late on the throw or the coaches aren't going to tell you anything so, I mean, the evaluation of the quarterbacks to me is the most important thing going into camp, and it probably will be the most important thing coming out of camp because you can't, I mean, it's been proven, we've talked about it, you don't have to be very smart to say this, but you can't win at that level, and it's hard to win at any level if you don't have that guy at quarterback. I just hope somebody pulls away early so that So does Vic Fangio. And he said he was going to, so far, he said everything was going to be 50-50. Well, that doesn't really help anybody, right? So if somebody starts pulling away early, that's going to benefit everybody because that person's going to get the, you know, the most reps yeah. and we're going to have to stop the circus that's... Well, I mean, that's the, that's the way, you know, this happens a lot in NFL training camps. The difference here in Denver is it doesn't happen normally at that position. Yeah. It happens... It happens in the offensive line. It happens in the defensive line. It happens in the secondary, wide receiver, tight ends. It happens. There's competition. You got guys that don't have a couple of good days, even if they're starters. You know what? They, they get their ass chewed. It's like, hey, let's go. Or the backup player all of a sudden starts to get reps with the number one unit. And then that there's a very uh, not-so-subtle message sent to that starter. You better, you better pick up your stuff. So the fact that it's a quarterback um, – to me is not good for the t- I understand it but it's not good for the season in that you're splitting reps in training camp and you have to get one of these guys mm-hmm. ready to play I mean the first game on the road second game on the road Giants and Jaguars and one of these dudes is going to presumably is going to be the starting quarterback and he will have received at least early only half of the snaps of preparation. That that is not there's a reason you look at all these great quarterbacks in the league. Look at Peyton Manning, look at Andrew Luck. I mean, look at uh Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. They you have to like take a pair of pliers and grab one of their molars to take them out of practice and reps. They want every single rep with the number ones because there's a timing component that you you cannot understate. 
at throwing the ball, cadence, I mean, everything, handoff. We're, I mean, so I, I just cannot, I can't say it enough that I, I understand why they're doing it. I really do. But ideally, I don't like it that they're splitting reps because I think ultimately whomever wins that job is going to be, has to be a little less prepared than they would be if they got every snap. Are they just a victim of their recent circumstances? Because it's not like they really misfired because they did go after Matthew Stafford. I feel like they were in the game. As soon as George Payton got here, he really tried to be in the conversation. Yeah, for tried to upgrade the position. Right? And, and if you if you draft a quarterback, well, then it's almost even worse because then you're if you're going 50-50 with a young quarterback, that guy needs a million more snaps than... Sure. A Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, so, listen, they, they didn't take Justin Fields. I know some people, there, there were two reasons that the Broncos did not take Justin Fields, and, and probably in this order, although the second reason I think did play a, a factor in it. Number one, they didn't love Justin Fields. Now, maybe Justin Fields turns out to be a Pro Bowl quarterback in Chicago, and if so, we're going to be sitting here talking about that for a long time, Maybe. But the reality is they didn't love Justin Fields. So the second reason was there was talk about Aaron Rodgers. And there was talk before everything blew up on Deshaun Watson. There was talk about him. Right. So why would you spend the ninth pick in the draft on a guy, A, that you like but you don't love, and B, when you have bigger visions for upgrading that position? Whether you get Aaron Rodgers this year or if he becomes available next year or if the Deshaun Watson situation clears up. Um, so that, I mean, that's why they did. The, the, the fact of the matter is they liked Justin Fields. They did not love him. So to them, to the Broncos, to George Payton, I believe they would have viewed that as uh, a forced pick and they just weren't going to do it. When we come back, we're going to do a little Dear Dave. And here's the teaser. Something very large of yours was stolen. Oh, boy. We'll talk about it next. You know, we take great pride in the Dave Logan podcast and telling you about unique Colorado companies. And believe me when I tell you, Boyer's Coffee is one of those. The legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster has been roasting coffee here at Altitude for over half a century. You're always guaranteed a smooth cup of coffee and a unique cup of coffee as well. You can enjoy flavors like their top-selling Aspen Gold or Breakfast Blend or a chocolate mousse or coconut cream coffee. How about buying a bag of organic French roasted coffee or their distinct smoky-flavored dark roast Rocky Mountain Thunder? See what we mean by unique? Just head to boyerscoffee.com. You can choose from their huge selection and also sign up for their emails to get exclusive offers and discounts. Or, if you'd like, check them out in person at their coffee truck and coffee cottage, which is located at 73rd in Washington. And remember, you can always find Boyers at your favorite supermarket, Walmart, or Sam's Club. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. Um, one quick story before we talk about something that you tease, something large was stolen. Very large. Okay. No news on Aaron Rodgers. Okay. There seems to be a national sentiment amongst media members that Aaron Rodgers is going to return to the Packers. Um, I, I cannot refute that. 
because again, the two people that I have stayed in touch with during this entire saga um, don't know. But have you talked to them lately, Mister and Mister and Mister X? Yes, I have. Uh, last week, maybe ten days ago. Okay, and there was really no news. I mean, the last news that I had was that he was firmly entrenched and was not going back to the Packers. Now, again, you know, there's some people in the media that think the Packers have all the leverage. I just happen to disagree with that. I think Rodgers has leverage, but the reality is, is he willing to forego? 30-some-odd million dollars this year and sit out. Is he, is he willing to do that? I don't know. That's a, that's a large number. Um, so I don't have anything to report. Again, there are some national people that are saying more than likely he's going to go back and the Packers may rework the contract. There are some that think the Packers would rework the contract and if he would come back for the year, they would put in the contract that they would trade him next year. That, to me, doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense because you you decrease the value of the trade. If other teams know that you have to trade him, mm-hmm. then the only way to get the asking price that I think you could get now would be if you could create, whether true or not, a sense that there were multiple teams um, involved, multiple teams involved that were interested. And may, maybe there will be. I think there would be more than just the Broncos if if they wait till after the season. Let's say Rodgers goes back, plays great for the Packers. They don't get to the Super Bowl, but he plays great, whatever. Would there be more than the Broncos that would be interested in him? Sure, for sure. But putting that in a contract, that if you come back for one more year, we agree that we're going to trade you. It From a from the Packers standpoint, just doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. If we think it's going to be a difficult, at least first start of the year here with the quarterback questions, can you imagine if he goes back for a year there? Yeah. And every single question is going to be Well, he'll be, about- be fine. I, I worry about his teammates. Aaron will be fine because Aaron's smart and he'll stand up and say, listen, I've already said everything I'm going to say about that. I'm not talking about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he'll look like daggers through the reporter's <laughs> yeah. eye sockets. But everybody else has to diffuse questions too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I'm still not certain that he's going to go back. I don't know. I mean, right now, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Ready for some Dear Dave? Yes. Okay. Dear Dave, I heard you talking about your car being stolen on your radio show. I actually heard this too. I didn't know the story. Please briefly if you can tell it again to our podcast listeners this person katie in colorado springs said i've never had my car stolen but many times i thought i had but i just forgot where my car was that's what i thought too but this is this is going back i mean this is going back probably 30 years i was doing the nuggets tv package at mcnichols arena okay um i might have even been doing the nuggets radio package one one of the one of the two Mm -hmm. i did one year of every nuggets game with Jeff Kingery in 1990 when the team was, I can't tell you how bad the team was. Who was the coach? Was that? That was Paul Westhead, I think. Yeah, you were there for the Westhead years. Um, and I think they won, I don't 11. even know, 11 it? games, right? Was it, was it 11? 11? Yeah. I know the first game I did was a preseason game in Fort Collins, and the final score was like, whoever they played, 182, the Nuggets 157. And the game took like almost four hours. And I'm thinking, wow, I have 82 regular season <laughs> games of this. Anyway, I was doing a game, I think it was TV, came out of, came out of McNichols, had the little suitcase, right? Because back then, 
little little broadcasters carried suitcases, right? <laughs> right. So little little suitcase boy coming down the stairs, you know, uh, walk to where I think my car is. Uh-huh. The car's not there. So immediately I think, okay, I've taken way too many hits in the NFL and I'm having a moment, even though this is 30 years ago, and I can't remember. So I'm walking around, little suitcase boy, walking around McNichols parking lot up and down the road. Oh, I hate that. Thinking like, wait, I, I drove in here. Oh, what was I here? So I walk over two rows. You know, they didn't back then Ugh. they didn't have the thing you could click, beep, beep, where your car oh, lights God. go on. So yeah. long story short, they stole my car. At how long were you like half an hour? 40 I, oh, minutes? probably half an hour. I called the police. Uh-huh. The Denver police, they were terrific. They came and honestly, they found my car before I left the parking lot. I'm not sure whether the the guy who stole my car got caught in the traffic leaving the <laughs> arena. I don't know. He's like, screw but, this. Uh, yeah, they found the car before I left the parking lot. So you just drove home into your car? I believe I did, yes. Okay, that's like an ending that never happens. Well, it right? happened for me, Julie Brownman. <laughs> it happened for me. Just so many people have had that experience, but oh, the yeah. car not stolen. And you, you think just... you lost the car, and it's like, where's the car? Yeah, that's a terrible, terrible know. feeling. Okay, uh, let me scroll down here. Jim and Reet Ridge. Dear Dave, what baseball changes did you like from that COVID year in Major League Baseball, and what didn't you like? You know, they made some adjustments. I, I dislike, oh, can I just tell you, as a baseball fan, and, and there aren't many of us out there, Right, I mean, well, I, th- I think you almost have to be from a generation that is forty years old and over to really like baseball because the young, the younger generation, millennials. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure how much they like baseball, but I love baseball. Grew up with baseball, played baseball, enjoy watching games. Um, I dislike the tenth inning rule with the runner starting on second base. That that to me has softball rules, <laughs> beer league softball written all over it. And the reason you institute that in the beer league softball game is because your entire team, matter of fact, probably both teams are getting so faded that if you don't end the game soon, somebody's going to get hurt. So you put the fat guy or the skinny guy on second base and then the guy who's had like four big cups of beer up and you hope to score. I mean, that's just the, I hate that rule. I hate it. And I'm not... I've, I've come it's around. It's make the, everything go faster, right? You well, know that, right? Well, they're trying to end the game soon. Yeah. Well, yes, of course I knew that. What okay, am I, but. Stuck on stupid? <laughs> what do you mean? What, you used to ask me, it's to speed the game up. You understand that, right? I mean, right. It's like the speed limit of 55 was instituted because they're trying to cut down on highway deaths. You realize that, right? Um, um, I'm just saying that that's how you God. talk about. <laughs> you talk I mean, about. Good Lord. Younger people now, they want things faster. Yeah. And then the seven inning doubleheader thing I I suppose I've come around that has a softball feel to it also or a high school baseball feel mm-hmm. but that's what we did in high school baseball seven inning games so yeah. <laughs> no and I think both are going to get thrown out so congratulations to Rob Manford you haven't done a lot right yeah. over the years but I think you I think getting rid of both of those things will happen and I think both uh, will not be missed okay um, Jeff and Longmont dear Dave what do you make of the by the way if you want to do participate in Dear Dave, just go to DaveLoganPodcast.com, hit contact, and email us your question. Okay, Dear Dave, what do you make of the Richard Sherman situation? His actions don't seem to match up with the person he was trying to portray, yep. but how many times have you seen that in sports? Um, I've seen it more than, than I could comment on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen cases like this that uh, back in the day didn't get reported. Yeah, I've seen 
and, and I don't, I want to be careful in commenting because I do not know Richard Sherman uh, at all. And I don't know sort of whether there's a mental health component here. He alluded to that. He did. He did. And I think you have to be very, we have to be very, very careful. It, I, I'm, I'm quite certain, judging from the reports, that it was scary for his family and his father-in-law. Um, so but, but basically I, he got an accident, right? And then he um, he was accused of attacking domestic, there's just domestic violence in there with his in-laws. He got shut out of the house. He's trying to beat the door down. I mean, there, yeah. there are all sorts of, all sorts of things, but you know, I've, um, and, and I've seen things like that back in the day, even when I played that there are sometimes the, the stresses of just everyday life can can seemingly be overwhelming, right? And people say, well, I mean, stresses, what are you talking about? This guy makes all this money. I, I You know what? I, I acknowledge that. But just because you make money doesn't mean you're not human. It doesn't mean that you don't encounter some of the, the stresses that the rest of us have on a daily basis. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you're better at dealing with those stresses than others. Sometimes those stresses, you know, simply can just, uh, overwhelm you. Sometimes you say things you wish you could take back. You do things you wish you hadn't. So I don't know. But um, I thought I thought it was a positive that his wife came out and said, listen, this is completely out of character for him. This is not who he is. Nobody was hurt. Um, and so we'll see what happens with the, the legal system. But it, it was, um, I, I, never, I never make light of situations like that because I've seen things like that happen. I've seen things like that that turn really bad, like really bad. So I hope that everybody gets the help that they need. Okay, I'm going to end this with my question. Dear Dave, this is Julian Denver. Tell us something about yourself that nobody knows. Gosh, I've been doing this a long time. I think people pretty much know everything about me. I I would be, even though I've done radio and TV for Uh over 30 years in the market, um, I would be by nature highly introverted, highly. Like if you take me to a party uh-huh. and I don't know anybody there, you're not getting the life of the party. <laughs> you're getting a guy that sort of puts his back in the corner mm-hmm. and then just eyeballs and just watches people. I'll be very pleasant if approached, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not, I'm not one to walk into a group of people that I don't know. I mean, I've even had to... I've even had to push myself now, walking into a room full of people that I don't know and walking up to them and introducing myself and saying, hey, I'm Dave, how are you doing? Are you inherently shy? Yes, yes, introverted and shy. What's up? Well, because what you did in sports, you had to talk and had to talk about yourself. But if if that hadn't happened, were you gonna, you were just a shy kid? Yeah, I think by nature. I mean, mean, listen, we all all change as we grow up and I've learned to, I've learned to come out of the shell a little bit. But I think yeah. for the most part, those characteristics, if you have those as a child, now I'm getting into child psychology here. Uh-huh. Um, at least with me, I've still maintained those to a certain degree. Do you have any questions for me? Um, let me think about that and I'll have my people get back to your people. See you next week. Au revoir.